best tag team partner in the world, Matt Coker. What's up today, Matt? Uh, I'm only, uh, well, my phone's still on, but I'm only the best tag team partner uh, when it comes to, like, talking. If we were having an actual match, I'd already be out of breath just from walking down from the... I think you could do <laughs> the ramp. If if we were ever in a match and the ramp was too terribly long, we'd just get you one of those scooters like they gave all the fat guys. That's true. And you never see it on Rumble. camera. Yeah, you never see it on camera. But they, <laughs> but they always have I'd somebody be, in the fan stands just watching them. They come in and then they're on the little go-kart all the way down to the ring. I'd be really mad if I was one of the guys that didn't get the go-kart. <laughs> Mark Henry sure sprinted down that thing. Like if I was if I was uh, if I was Dolph Ziggler and they had to film me running in the whole time, like, come on! Especially Just that one I'm WrestleMania sure. one that was like a thousand yards long, the one yeah. where the Hardys returned. Yep, <laughs> the one where uh, Randy Orton had that. Randy Orton wrote a very awkward-looking <laughs> serpent. 80 for, yards for, for two solid minutes. It wasn't even good. Like it wasn't even a good graphic. Like cuz it kept skipping and it was Yeah. Yeah. It was oh really weird. man. Um where are we? Welcome to the Two Words podcast. <laughs> Just getting into it quickly. Um uh, This is our go home podcast of the year. Uh and and I think it's a good one. We're going to we're going to be talking about the holidays and our holiday madness. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to be talking about the holidays, we're going to be talking about our favorite holiday gimmicks and not just Christmas. Uh we're going to be talking about some some dream booking, doing some fantasy booking um because we don't have any pay-per-views to talk about. Uh but uh, what's what's going on in your world, Matt? Uh, I was catching up on this past week's stuff, and uh, I'm enjoying it. See, you you gave me the you gave me the goal of you know the fantasy booking, which we'll talk about later in the show, yep. and, and you know figuring out kind of stuff we'd like to do if we took over. And it's just there's a lot of good stuff happening right now that I'm yeah. very intrigued. Of. You know, I was thinking about that today, and I really was thinking like. Things have actually gotten very good recently. Mm-hmm. The the Roman Reigns Jay Uso thing. I am just glued. Oh yeah, glued to uh, this story. A hundred percent. This is this is unlike any kind of heel faction storyline that I've ever seen in wrestling. This weird family dynamic. Like oh, oh, it's it's amazing. And everybody everybody's playing their part perfectly. Mm-hmm. And um, I hate Roman Reigns. Yeah. And that's exactly what they want you to do. Yeah. Like this is just oh, the yeah. perfect role for him. I, I think I hyped that two weeks ago, but yeah. it's just it's getting better and better. 
And and the cherry on top of that was Paul Heyman with Kevin Owens on Talking Smack. Did you catch that? I didn't catch it. Oh, what they do? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you have, you really have to go to Paul Heyman's, uh, Twitter and he's got in three videos. So, uh, it's like three, two minute videos and him and Kevin Owens are on talking smack because Kevin Owens, uh, had the whole thing with Jey Uso and they've Mm -hmm. kind of been doing their thing. And Paul Heyman was like, Hey, I know that people you know, they don't like you. They're not giving you the chance. He goes, and I was one of the guys that was advocating for you. And I've liked you for a really long time before you even got to the WWE. He goes, I like that. I can't trust you. I like that tag team partners can't trust you. I like that. You're kind of crazy. And he goes through this whole thing and he goes, but you're at a crossroads of your career and you have to kind of figure out like what you want. It was just this beautiful, beautiful thing. And then Kevin Owens kind of comes back at Paul Heyman and they shake hands for like two minutes during the whole <laughs> thing. It's very, it's very, it's strange and scary and amazing all at the same time. And after Kevin Owens gets done with his portion of it, Paul Heyman goes, you know that I have to take this all back to Roman. Like I'm going to have to tell him about this. And it's, it's not just a business thing. I owe him this personal thing and Kevin Owens gets right up into his ear talks talking into Paul Heyman's headset microphone that he's got on and goes you do what you got to do Paul and like smacks him on the arm real hard and walks off <laughs> I was like <laughs> so that's what led to last Friday's shenanigans uh that was after last Friday's shenanigans oh yeah yeah I'm yeah. I'm sorry. I'm still behind. That's yeah. why I'm behind because I just watched yeah. that show today. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. It's it's really so that's good. what. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Paul okay. Heyman does just as much work for the guy he's advocating for. Oh, absolutely. As he does the the opponent of whoever he's where. Like if they just if they just trust him, like he can help them so much. And he is. It's it's insane to me that ECW failed. Yeah. He, it's definitely not because of him. Yeah. He's one of the greatest assets yeah. in wrestling. And and he keeps getting yeah. fired. Which is, yeah, weird. But which I think it's a personal thing. I just think <laughs> it's got to be. They hire him every once in a while, and it's like, oh, yeah, I hate this guy. <laughs> I can't stand working with him. But, hey, he's no Eric Bischoff. Um, yeah. That guy everyone hates, and he keeps getting fired, and then he just know, doesn't come back. I've been listening to um, a podcast called 83 Weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has been going on for a couple of years now, and it's Eric Bischoff going through like the eighty-three weeks that oh that WCW they were on top beat yeah, okay, yeah. WWE, uh, the WWF and Eric Bischoff is every bit of Eric Bischoff in this entire podcast, <laughs> but there's a couple of moments. There's it, really early on they talk about the finger poke of doom, mm-hmm. which I did not know happened on the exact same night. That they spoiled the McFoley championship. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Both of those things happened yeah. in one episode. But <laughs> the the guy interview it's it's kind of in an interview format, and the guy interviewing uh, Bischoff goes, "So like, how do you defend these moments?" And Eric Bischoff's kind of quiet for a second. He goes, "I got nothing, man. It's just <laughs> it just sucked." I don't, I don't you know, to tell you. everybody hated the finger poker of doom. I thought it was brilliant he, when, he, at the time. I loved it. When he explains it, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. Because he was talking about it. He's like, you know, 
that created real genuine heat. Mm-hmm. Like people weren't throwing garbage in the ring because they were happy about things. <laughs> but I mean, it was it was a massive troll yeah. on on the uh, on the viewer, which yeah. I thought was. Genius, and yeah. they do that every now and then. WWE's done that many times. Yeah, even the uh, the higher power thing that was a massive troll on the oh, fans. Yeah. And, and I remember being ticked off when Vince, because because leading up to that, those few weeks before that, it was like Vince and Stone Cold and The Rock and the Union. They were all teaming up, fighting the Ministry of Darkness and all this, and like they were going to take back the company kind of thing. And then that very next week, it was me, Austin, and I was so <laughs> mad. I was so it was mad. me all along. Yeah. Because I liked I liked face vents during oh, yeah. that match. So I mean, much, during that, that lead up. I liked it yeah. so much. He doesn't get as much credit for the face work that he did. <laughs> um, so, so they're doing a kind of kayfabe. Braun Strowman's getting, getting fined for putting hands on Adam Pierce uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. And that's fine. No pun intended. Like, I, I get what they're doing, but... The tweet in which they announced this kayfabe, they they pushed this story, really kind of bothered me. What was the tweet? So the tweet, it was just a tweet that said, Braun Strowman has been fined for putting hands on Adam Pearce because Braun Strowman was mad about not getting a number one contender spot. The problem with the tweet, which is a fine tweet, it's a good informational tweet. The problem was that they used Adam Pearce's Twitter handle. Now, Adam Pierce, uh, before he was like commissioner of Raw, kind yeah. of, he was an indie wrestler and he wrestled for a very, very long time. He is in the NWA Hall of Fame. Hmm. He was he was an NWA champion like six times. Wow, I did not know. Yeah. That. When he was wrestling, his nickname was Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. So his Twitter handle is Scrap Daddy. <laughs> And so when they tweeted out, they're like, at Braun Strowman is being fined for putting hands on at Scrap Daddy. I'm like, this, I'm uncomfortable. I don't like that. Yeah, every now and then that kind of thing happens on Twitter. Or it's, and it's, it's, like some, it's like some super serious tweet at buttmunch27. <laughs> Just lost his father. Please. I mean, come yeah. on. Uh, let's just. Just use some names. Let's use, use the name. name. Tag a photo where the name's hidden a bit. Yeah. The- <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's pretty funny. Um, let's see. I watched. Oh, okay. So we're, we're a little late to this one because it happened before our last episode came out, but we hadn't been able to see it yet. Yeah. The the Vegas shenanigans on AEW. Did you oh, get to watch that? That was great. That yeah. was brilliant. I loved every second of that thing. That was very fun. Uh, AEW has been great these last two weeks. Yeah, I've I've very much enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed. Uh, is it Kid Hobbs or something Hobbs? Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs. Yeah. Will Hobbs came out. Uh, I enjoyed that that reveal that. Uh, Heel turn, I guess, yeah, in that first yeah. night. Where um, him and uh, Brian Cage, mm-hmm. right? They're, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the Darby Allen stuff has been really good. 
the uh, Kenny Omega, um, John Moxley back and forth has been very good. Yeah, it's it's just all it all still feels very WCW, but in that good that good era, that eighty three week era, you know that stuff where just like this is this is fun stuff. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> and they're yeah. They're putting together. They're doing. They're. I mean, they're booking really, really well. Mm-hmm. It just. And and I don't know exactly what it is, um, but. You know, you you don't get. T- I've not gotten tired, of seeing matches. Yeah. And there's a lot more actual wrestling, in two hours of AEW than there is in two there's hours a lot of, of WWE. In two even in even in three hours of WWE, there's not as many matches. No. Going on. As there are in AEW, which I don't mind because they're good. Almost every single one mm-hmm. of them are are like legitimate good matches. Most of them don't end in some screwy finish. It's a wrestling show. Yeah, we I mean, enjoy watching wrestling. <laughs> they're doing a pretty good job. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> I mean, they, they're still in the mode of when they kick off the show, they have a big match to start off the show. Yeah. Which WWE was doing for a long period of time in the past couple of years. Yeah. And then they kind of backed off from it again. And now it's like a big talking segment again at the beginning. Most shows. Sometimes they'll throw out, but it's like what makes sense mood. about that is going back to the 83 weeks podcast is Eric Bischoff said one of the things that he really wanted to do with WCW was not have like this big, huge thing go on at the beginning of the show is because it takes away from the thunderous moment of whatever that, whatever something happening was. And then, you know, I mean, Eric Bischoff has been, was producing for, for WWE. So that, Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense of why it's garbage. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the product's gotten better. Absolutely. I think that AEW doing better has made WWE better. I agree. It's made them have to try harder. (laughs) And they have tried harder. Right. Um, uh, Yeah, and Lance Storm uh, came out in an interview and said, AEW is like pineapple on pizza. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. which I didn't get at first, but then he explained, you know, it, it's, it's, it's some people really, really love it. And the people that love it really, really love it. And the people who hate it, hate it unashamedly and with, with such grand vigor. He goes, and I honestly don't care about the opinions of either one of those people. Well, he, he actually said that it's, some people hate it so much that they try and get the people who love it to hate it too. Yeah. They try and force them to hate it. And that's yeah. exactly right, in oh, my yeah. opinion. Is there are, I was, you know, watching, I'm a part of a bunch of different like Facebook groups for wrestling fans. And, and there's always those few people that are just like, anytime someone makes any kind of comment about AEW, AEW's trash. Can't believe you watch that garbage. I'm like, and the same for like somebody will post <laughs> WWE and somebody will be like WWE's trash. Why aren't you watching AEW like an adult? Yeah. <laughs> just, just enjoy. Can't we whatever. just have nice things? <laughs> we just enjoy. This is why everything went to garbage in the first place. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, did you see the Booker T? Uh, did an interview where he talked about calling Hulk Hogan the N word. No. Yeah, he he basically apologized because he was he and, and he didn't apologize to Hulk Hogan. Okay, I was about I, to say, sorry, Hulk, I put that in your brain sorry, and then that got I you in trouble you. with years later. 
Somebody wrote an article about it, and they were like, they were like, I don't feel bad ribbing on a guy that got paid thirty one million dollars in a lawsuit for sleeping with his best friend's wife. I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, that's some that's some hard stuff. But he he said in this interview, you know, he said that, and in the video. Of of it, you can see his him like put his hands on his head and he's like got these big eyes and he's like, Oh crap, what did I just say? I just said the N-word on Turner <laughs> television. Oh no. Um, and he said, you know, I immediately regretted it because I didn't want people to think like that was who I was. Yeah. The problem was is I tried to find the the article again after I saw it and I was searching for it today, but the only way I could figure out how to look it up was <laughs> Booker T N-word. <laughs> but then wasn't the only thing that came up was when, was Vince, when, McMahon, T, when Vince McMahon said it to Booker no, T? No, the only was... thing that came up was uh, Booker T calling Hulk Hogan the N-word. And it was just the video, <laughs> like a thousand versions of it. Yeah, because I remember the cringeworthy Vince McMahon moment where yep. he said my N-word to Booker T. And Booker's all, tell me he did yeah. not just say that. <laughs> yeah. And then that's still that's still causing problems for Vince uh, when it comes to the the uh, the crowds. You just, <laughs> anytime, anytime. What point did gonna... Vince McMahon think? You know what? You know what would be funny. You know what will get me over and it'll be hilarious. <laughs> and he said it in just the most old white manish way. Yeah. You could the old the most Vince McMahon rich guy way. It's yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, gosh. Uh yeah, I don't know. Um I don't really have much else. Not a lot has actually happened. For there me. hasn't been a big big change there. Uh I mean, of course. Uh SummerSlam. Wait, no. Survivor Series. Survivor Series happened. Survivor Series did time. happen. Uh Undertaker's farewell seemed kind of You had some some thoughts yeah, on that was, one. Give lack, me your give me your thoughts lackluster. on that one. It was lackluster, man. I felt more emotional at the end of that WrestleMania where I think it was he was facing Roman Reigns and he lost Roman Reigns and he put his gear folded up in the ring and then walked off and then yeah. sunk down into the ramp there with mm-hmm. his fist up after an uncomfortably long time standing in that position because the guy running the mm-hmm. button back there wasn't paying attention. Um, but I felt more emotion in that thinking that that was the final moment. Then him coming out, talking for 90 seconds in character, and then leaving. What was also awkward was announcing the 17 people that came down to the ring, and then they were gone. They disappeared. That Vince said something, and then they were all gone. And like, why were they? Why were they even there? What was the point? Apparently, it was to not draw attention away from Undertaker because Undertaker wasn't going to talk long, but. I mean, it just, it, it could have been a lot more. Uh, it would have been cool to have, like, all the wrestlers in the back come out and, like, kneel down for him as he left or something. Yeah. Some, some sort of big show other than here's five guys you worked with and Kane in his wrestling gear for some reason when nobody else was. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to leave when the smoke comes up. And then you just kind of grumble into the mic and then walk off. That didn't feel like the culmination moment it was supposed to be. Yeah, I got more emotional during the video package. Yes. Um, <laughs> the only part the, the only o- part that got me, like, okay, that's cool, was the Paul Bearer moment when they threw him yeah. up on there and had the, oh, 
Keith Lee said that said that like messed him up. Yeah, that was a cool <laughs> moment. The rest of it though, ugh, I mean, ugh. It I've just, never, I've never cried listening to Metallica before. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, "Return to Azkaban." Is that what that song was? I think so. Yeah. yeah, that was. It was an emotional package. That's for it sure. It was, and it was. I mean, you know, an emotional career. And and I think you're right. Um, I don't agree with what you wrote. Um, if you want to see all of Matt's, oh yeah, uh, I wrote. I wrote that could have been a cool angle with the fiend yeah. or something like a handoff thing. But you talked me out of that. And you're, yeah, you, you were. Right. That's probably that probably wouldn't have been a great idea. I just didn't. I, it would have I, taken away from. What yeah, it was supposed to what be. it was is like you, like, you know, sure, maybe doing something where the fiend like is he's kind of passing the torch on to the fiend. It's like nobody can handle that torch. True. Yeah. There's just no. There's no handling. You were right. You were of, right. I admit it. I I just love hearing you say it. That's, that's what it is. Um, I just I'm a I'm a big fiend stand. That's all. I just I'm I'm I'm, I'm all about know, it. I, I was for a really long time, and then it I I don't know. I feel like they're not developing it. True, and we'll actually like, talk about that later in the booking be, thing. It, yeah, it became it it culminated at something at what it is now, and now it's just nothing. I don't know. Um, I think it's building back up a bit. So I really like the addition of Bliss. Too. Yeah, uh, Leon Ruff got engaged. He won the North American <laughs> title. He still has it. He's still yeah. That's and right. He, does. he got that's engaged crazy. to like a really pretty lady. She's I mean, a referee. Championships bring perks, man. <laughs> I guess so. You know. Um, so uh, you know, congratulations, Leon. Send us an invite. We'll we'll try and make it. If if you want two dudes you've never met who do a podcast um, at your wedding, hey, we've talked about you in two. We've talked about you in fifty percent of our podcasts. Yeah, so and we're really fun at weddings. <laughs> like I am so much fun at weddings. I am a blast I at weddings. So much fun. <laughs> um, so I guess that really wraps up. I mean, like I said, not not a lot, not near as much has happened in this last two weeks as, as have in the last as few, happened yeah, yeah. in, in uh, two weeks prior to that um, but when we come back we're going to be talking about uh, looking for a new writer for the WWE and uh, what we think we could do with that so uh, keep it here on the two words podcast Did you sleep here? Only for a few hours. Guess where Rich is from. Couldn't have been crazy town. You'd have gone to high school together. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Nobody gets out of Santa Fe without learning how to make a pot. 45% Hispanic, fifth highest Native American population. They eat and breathe clay there. I think some of this research may have been done on Wikipedia. You're mocking me? You. No, 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 fine, 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 go ahead, mock me. Oh, Jeff. You're gold blooming. Gold blooming? <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know what that means. So, look, I have work to do before class because I want to catch Rich when he slips up. In episode 19 of season one of Community, we see Jeff, Winger, Annie, and Abed join the ultimate blow-off class, beginner pottery. You don't even have to make a good pot. People pass it in the hallway and get a contact credit. Of course, what Jeff didn't expect was to be in that class with somebody who seemed naturally talented. 
Jeff Winger has always been the most talented one in the room, and now he's finding himself bested. And more than that, Jeff is terrible at pottery. He's never been terrible at anything that he can remember. And in fact, he's been reinforced with the idea that he's probably one of the best people, just, you know, ever. A lot of us are like that. We have a very successful life. We're good at a lot of things. Sometimes we're naturally gifted in a lot of areas, and then we find something that we're terrible at. And we usually find that out when we try it next to somebody who actually knows what they're doing and just realize how far behind we really are. And in situations like that, admit it, that's when your green-eyed monster comes out because you think... It was supposed to be you! Jeff became obsessed with proving that Rich, the doctor, who was naturally gifted, wasn't naturally gifted. That he was an expert already. And you know what? We find out at the very end, he was right. But that doesn't matter. The lesson here is not about what Rich could do. It's about what Jeff could do. If he's bad at pottery, what does that really matter? In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 14 and then 16 through 18, the Bible says this, For the body of Christ does not consist of one member, but of many. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? As it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. God blesses us all with different gifts, different talents, different ministry focuses. Just because we all can't do the same thing doesn't mean we aren't important. In fact, it means we are vital to keeping the whole body of Christ properly working. So even if your mother fudged a bit when she said you're one of the most special kids on the planet, just remember this healthier truth. You're going to be great at a few things, but really crappy at many more. And that takes a lot of the pressure off. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio. And we are back here at the Two Words Podcast. Um, So, recently... WWE sent out, said they are looking for a new lead writer. And I don't think there's a job that I am better suited for (laughs) in this world. You know, it would be fun, but I feel like there's also a lot of pressure. Yeah. Especially because we know Vince will just fire a writer for no reason. Just put all the blame on anything that goes terribly. And no matter what you write, ninety percent of people are gonna say you suck. Absolutely. And dudes are gonna start podcasts and tear apart everything that you do and say that your your farewell addresses suck. <laughs> talk about how Leon Russ getting engaged because um, nothing better happened. Um, but I think I think it'd be a you know we, we've always talked about our ideas and what we think uh, would be fun. So I mean, what would you do differently? Or keep the same. What would WWE look like with Matt Coker as the as the lead writer? Uh, so yeah, I mean, this was a broad, broad assignment. Very broad assignment. Me. So I picked some random things. Uh, some some are kind of semi fleshed out ideas. Some are just thoughts that need to be put out. A thought would be 
push Big E or Otis or put them back in their tag teams, please and thank you. Uh, but anyway, when it comes to a fleshed-out idea... <laughs> but we're not, like, mad about it or anything. <laughs> I saw Big E talk to somebody, and I saw Otis get beaten with a chair before even getting to have a match. That's all I saw this week, guys. Sorry. You had to pretend, and you had to pretend like Otis had to pretend like taking those chair shots was like really knocking him around. <laughs> but Uso was selling it, man. He was. He, he sold the, the crap desperation. Out of that. All right, so uh, we talked about the fiend. Like I'm, 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 I'm big on the fiend, but we did talk about how the fiend's story kind of went wonky. This is what I I want him to do a storyline more about why the fiend exists yeah that character exists um i think they've kind of been teasing this because he's been going back and getting uh into feuds with all the people that kind of wronged bray wyatt yeah the southern bray wyatt guy uh but i wish they made that more formal like this was a the fiend only exi- exists as like a revenge tool against these characters okay the fiend never should have won the title fiend should have stayed away from the title picture for a long long time and instead this should have been like a like a cleansing of bray wyatt's soul by getting revenge through the fiend and i want to see like like that john cena cinematic I would love to see one of those for, like, every person that's wronged him. Getting into all of their heads and then kind of making them into almost sleeper cells for The Fiend. Kind of how Bliss was for those first few weeks. Yeah. How she was normal and then someone would say The Fiend's name and then she'd go into that trance and go nuts. I would love to see this weird faction that doesn't even realize it's a faction (laughs) of The Fiend appear over a long stretch of time okay very slowly doing this to where we see this this reasoning behind the fiend but eventually what i'd want to see is an actual tussle between the fiend and bray wyatt a cinematic thing with them against each other as two separate characters so yeah so i actually had an idea for that one time um, was bringing uh, Bo Dallas into it. Mm. And like Bo Dallas coming in and being like, you don't know who you are, but I know who you are. That and would I know delightful. that the person who is in there is my brother and you're not my brother. And like do it, do something whole and like Bo Dallas has to go in to save him. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. And it would give Bo Dallas something to do. It would give Bo Dallas something to do. <laughs> is he even still on... Did he get released? He got released, didn't he, with the furloughs and the releases? Um, I don't know because I think because Cur- Curtis Axel got released. Yeah, I'm pretty. So sure. So I'm assuming the other half sure of the I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that he got released and thinking, "Oh, that's sad. He's not with his brother anymore." I remember the uh, first time I ever saw. According to Wikipedia, he's still with the WWE. No, okay. Um, Maybe he's just still furloughed. I remember the first time I ever saw Bo Dallas was at a live show in Lubbock, and he was wrestling... It wasn't Alex Riley, but it was some. It was some. They, somebody did a job for him because uh, they were about. They were about to introduce Bo Dallas and like push him. Um, and I remember he came out and he was doing his whole thing, and I turned to uh, I think Mike Thompson. I was like, 
I hate this guy. <laughs> I do not like anything about what he's doing. Was and he, he hadn't even gotten was, the, he didn't even gotten the mic on yet. He did, yeah, he didn't even done the like the Bow Leave thing. No, he wasn't gonna do the Bow Leave thing for another for three another. years after that. <laughs> Bow Leave. And his voice is terrible. <laughs> it's pretty bad. You got a Bow Leave. What is that? <laughs> I hate that. So that's my first one. What are you? So have? you want to hatch out the th- fiend? Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, my stuff is a little more broad. Like, I want broad to. Net. Let's do it. Uh, I want to make uh, pay-per-view matches a bigger deal. Like, explain. Like, I don't need to have the same match on three different pay-per-views for like the same title. I don't. I don't yeah. need that. Like, or if you're gonna do that, like, like move on. Have a plan. It seems just like <laughs> it seems like there's no plan for the title week to week. Right. It does. It does seem like there's a lot of let's just put these same two people in this perpetual back and forth yeah. for six months and before we move on to something else. Yeah. I mean, like, to the point where lately they've really had to be announcing when feuds are over. They just did it again. They did it with yeah. Rey Mysterio. Uh, well, they did it with Murphy and Rey Mysterio yeah. and. Uh, uh, you know, this is the final showdown. And like, who says? They didn't say this is the final mm-hmm. showdown. But then they just did it last week with Elias and Jeff Hardy. It's like, we're finally settling this tonight, and then it's over. Yeah. And like, did they did they and say they're just going to walk away after this? And why are we settling it on TV? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I need more storylines that don't have to involve the title. I mean, I was thinking about WrestleMania 28, and um, yes, you had CM Punk versus Jericho for the WWE title. Yes, you had Daniel Bryan beat uh, Sheamus in seven seconds for the World Heavyweight title. Um, But you also had uh, Taker versus Triple H, the second one, at Hell in a Cell. Mm. It was a great match. And there was no reason to have it other than those two guys hated each other. You had uh, Teddy Long's team versus John Laurinaitis's team for power of for control of the WWE. Like it was just <laughs> it was just a five on five thing um, where you know your boy Zack Ryder got kicked in the nanes. He sure did. And like that was just a thing they did to him. <laughs> um, what was another match that was on there? That uh, was John Cena and Rock, the first one. I thought you said it was Cena versus Punk for... No, it was uh, Jericho versus Punk. Okay, Jericho versus Punk. Yeah, I may have said Cena versus I Punk, did, but I was yeah. wrong if I did. But yeah, that was the that was that the once in a lifetime? That was the once in a lifetime <laughs> that they the did first again. time. That was the once in a lifetime number one, and then once in a lifetime again. Some people are just fortunate enough to have two once in a lifetimes. And that was that long booking, too. That was like set the night after WrestleMania that is the year the before. other thing. I want to have year-long feuds that culminate to WrestleMania. I want to have have long form storytelling. But yeah, that actually have story, not just I don't like you, I'm better back and forth. Like Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton could have so much fun, but all they're doing is just like, you know, Drew McIntyre wins the title and Randy Orton hates him. And then Randy Orton Mm -hmm. wins the title and Drew McIntyre hates him. Who's who's got the the biggest angry face? Exactly. (laughs) But with The Rock and John Cena, all of that was about John Cena attacking The Rock for leaving the WWE, becoming a... You know, movie star kind of thing, saying that he'd never leave the fans, and 
then he left, yeah. all that kind of stuff, which eventually would be hilarious because that's what would happen with John yeah. Cena. But it was, you know, it made you believe that he really hated him, that this was going to be a really good it's just a put match. the rock in his place kind of match. It's just a match about hatred. That's, <laughs> I need more hate in right. the WWE. Need some motivation. Yeah. Beyond, hey, I want that gold belt. Yeah. Gimme. All right, I got another one. Okay. Uh, and this, this, you, hear me out, because you might think that now nah, these people don't need this, but just I'm backing away from my mic so I don't even <laughs> interrupt you. I want to put the Hurt Business on the path to holding every title. And I'm back on the mic because I love it. Yes. I love every minute of it. I want them to basically go on a run from now to WrestleMania to where WrestleMania ends, all of them holding all the gold. Yeah. And then I want them basically to control... Raw for six months. Oh, yeah. And I want to turn Retribution into the anti-hero. Okay. I want them to lead the charge of instead of trying to destroy WWE, to try and take it back from the Hurt Business. Okay. And this would grow the group. This would be like a union situation. Yeah. The really short-lived union situation with the B-team kind of wrestlers back then. Uh, you had Test and Ken Shamrock yeah. and Big Show and Mick Foley. B-team wrestlers back then leading the charge to where they bring in the bigger guys as time goes on, like the union did, where they brought in Stone Cold and they brought in The Rock. Mm-hmm. They brought in Vince. That's what I want to see. I want to okay. see this whole kind of locker room over six long still long storyline six month yeah. thing. Retribution tries to tries to lead the charge and they just keep getting smacked the heck down, and then slowly more people start like softening to Retribution, like uh, n- not like half heartedly siding with them just because you know they want the same thing. Then eventually becoming this big deal, yeah, this big team. I thought I think that would be great. I miss big factions. I miss like we had that corporate ministry back in the '90s. I loved that. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't had a big faction in a long, long time. I mean, NWO. Right, NWO was gigantic back then too. It was almost all of the WCW. <laughs> it, was, it was half WCW, and then there were two NWOs <laughs> that were against each other. Um, yeah, I, I really miss the the long term. Uh, faction stuff where it, they almost take over everything. It's, yeah. It was just a really fun thing. The I think the last one I really recall that was a big deal was the Nexus. The Nexus was yeah. fun. The Nexus had a lot of potential. And then they made it all about John Cena, and then it flopped. But it had a lot of potential leading up to that. And during that time, I mean, they even kind of took over bragging rights. You know, their their logo was in the middle of the pay-per-view logo. I mean, yeah. that was that was something that you hadn't really seen done since uh, NWO started taking over pay-per-views. NWO sold out, had their own pay-per-view. It wasn't a WCW pay-per-view anymore. You know, that kind of stuff was really neat. Uh, I, w- I would love to see some long-form thing. And I really think the Hurt Business has the potential to be just a – a giant force. Yeah. They're getting better on the mic. MVP's great on the mic, by the way. MVP was the return I don't think anybody wanted, 
but it is paying we off found out we need greatly. It. Yes. Yeah. Well, and even if MVP is the only one of those guys that speaks, like, that's fine. Sure. Sure. Like, he speaks, and then the other guys just mug everybody, and that's <laughs> that's fantastic. I love the idea of them holding all of the gold, and I like the idea of trying to turn retribution because um, I was thinking about that earlier. It's like there's there's two bad guys. Yeah. And they're not even like goodish bad guy. They're not anti-hero. They're just they're just two bad factions. They're just right. two mean people. Mm-hmm. And, and I oh, don't get that. And Retribution was on main event, and that's a bad sign. That is a really bad <laughs> sign. That's a bad, bad sign. It's a sign. bad sign for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of them had their masks fall off like on live TV, didn't they? I didn't watch this last Raw. Full if that happened, I didn't see it. Oh, well, the 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 girl, what's her name? Uh, Mia Yim. Yeah. She didn't have her mask on at the end of her match. Oh, so I'm assuming that was it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't see. I wasn't watching directly when it started. Uh, but I hadn't seen her without the mask on. And then I saw Ali yelling at her after she lost. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, First order of business, like the minute I walk through the door, we are scrapping the Buddy Murphy <laughs> dating a 19-year-old. Right? It's not going away. I thought I'm it not would go gonna, away by now. I'm not going to say her name either. I'm <laughs> just going to call it the Buddy Murphy is dating a 19-year-old. The 33-year-old man is dating a 19-year-old storyline, and her father is cool with it. Hey, that's only nearly half his life. <laughs> <laughs> in an age difference <laughs> that's a lot that's just it's it's too much it's a bit much um and they're yeah. always hanging on each other too I'm like just 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 stand next to each other you don't gotta like half grope each other on the tv <laughs> it's weird Ooh. also what's with his shorts i don't like his shorts buddy murphy's weird yeah like they look it looks like a skirt it looks like he's wearing a skirt yeah but, but that's know. a side point. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, I like his. Uh, I like that they're giving him an entrance now, at least. Sure. You know, but, um, <laughs> you know, they took out the. I, I feel like they should add words to his theme song, though. Like, buddy, 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 buddy. Who's your buddy? Buddy, 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 buddy. I'm your buddy. Buddy, 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 I'm entirely too long. <laughs> buddy, 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 who's your buddy? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> See, that would be I would I would I would roll on the floor if Matt Riddle said, Hey buddy, I wrote you a new theme song. <laughs> He's got like a ukulele for some reason. <laughs> I really love uh, Riddle stuff going on right now. I, <laughs> I'm starting to. I that was that was literally the only time I laughed out loud this past uh, <laughs> this past week at like three segments of his on Raw. Yeah, I was like this dude is a character. Uh, I heard I did uh, with Survivor Series. Um, I did hear the like Matt Riddle may have been the reason that um, Seth Rollins like laid down and just let Seamus Bro kick him 
because uh, like a year or two ago, Matt Riddle's wife went online and like attacked the looks of all of these female wrestlers and targeted Becky Lynch and was like, maybe you should do some squats. You wouldn't be so jiggly. And I'm like, you're attacking like the second most attractive woman in the WWE locker room. <laughs> like none of us see what you see. And then I thought maybe Matt Riddle's wife is just a stone cold Fox. Maybe she is just Raquel Welch, Kelly Kelly, and every be- most beautiful woman you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. That was a Raquel Welch reference. Boom. Um, and then I looked at her and remembered, Oh yeah. Uh, Matt Riddle, looks like a guy that looks like one of the creatures that escaped from the island of Dr. Moreau. So like his wife is not an attractive woman. <laughs> like that's not nice. It's, it's that's not, not nice. nice. So, so Matt, so, uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins. So Seth Rollins. Matt Rillo does have kind of like that mask quality to his face. Matt, that movie. You remember? Yes, I do. <laughs> Especially with the, the long orange hair yeah. and everything. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins was like, I'm not going to share a ring with him. And he sure as heck didn't. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, uh, but back to booking. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get rid of uh, Buddy Murphy and the 19-year-old. Like, we're just, we're done doing that. Um, I want to spread out. I want to share the love. I want more wrestlers to get involved. Um, and that go, that kind of goes along with the idea of, like, I don't want the same same match going on in six pay-per-views. Like, yeah. spread it out. And if I got a guy who's going to get in NXT, I want to have a very clear-cut vision for what we're doing before he even gets on TV. I want to write all the promos. I want to have his first major thing, like, hit the ground running. And that's what because that's why Kevin Owens worked so well. I mean, yeah, he was a huge hit in NXT, but his debut was against John Cena, who had been doing the open challenge for the U.S. title for all that time. Yeah. And he was, like, squashing a whole bunch of people. And then Kevin Owens came out. And, like, that was that started this big, huge feud. So um, I'm going to utilize Kevin Owens a heck of a lot more. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. He's not being utilized enough. But I really liked his uh, this that last SmackDown. Just yeah. the, the, the way that match ended with him calling out Roman. And then sitting at the head of the table over at the announce desk kind of yeah. thing. That was brilliant. Yeah. Um, one thing that I want WWE to do better is m- make these, like, spontaneous bookings a little more believable. The Raw where – what's his name? Got hit in the head. What's his name again? It's the guy, the, 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 the commissioner guy. Oh, uh, Adam Scrap Daddy. Yeah, Scrap Daddy. (laughs) When Scrap Daddy got hit in the head by Braun Strowman, he set up three matches to then create last week's uh, triple threat match to see who was going to go on. Yeah. Well, those were set up as like, we're just now making these. Yeah. And they were long butt matches. They were like the longest matches of the three hours. So if you're expecting me to believe that these are just being made like on the spot, what were you going to do the rest of these three hours? (laughs) It's those little things that make, I want to, I want to kind of believe this is real and this is really happening. Still rolling me, dang it. Right. I want, I want to be lost in the moment for a minute. And it's hard to get lost in that moment when I'm like, well, that was like a 30-minute match. 
But <laughs> what were you going to do? What was going to happen before this? Um, <sighs> I'm especially going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to book one more match between Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yes. They've, they've had, they've, 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 they've reached their limit. Ooh. Hold on. Just, I got to say one more thing. Okay. The only other moment that made me like go, that was brilliant. Uh, for WWE this week was the Carmella promo where she was going off on the boss again yeah. and then did the snap to have her lackey give her a glass of champagne. Yeah. Then it didn't come and snapped again. <laughs> then the boss's hand came out holding the champagne. Oh, man. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That was a brilliant Got move. Got him. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. WWE, they're, they're hit or miss lately, but they're hitting more. Yeah. On these cool moments. It just doesn't seem like there's a plan half the time. Sure. It's kind of like, let's just, let's have a plan. Let's <laughs> let's figure this out. Also, does Rey Mysterio have his eye back now? Does he? I'm pretty sure he didn't have that, that black patch like last week or a couple weeks ago. I'd be really worried about being able to see <laughs> out of that thing. It's like everybody who loses, two people apparently like got their eyes like popped on AEW. <laughs> And now they're both back with their eyes again. Out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think the uh, only person that's still hanging on to the lost eye gimmick is Alistair Black. Yeah, but he his <laughs> looks cool because he like yeah. wraps it around. Right, but like they all lost their eye at a roughly the same <laughs> month. Just hate eyes. <laughs> and he's like, why isn't yours healing? Everybody else's eye has formed back. I'm just figuring it out. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I want... I want matches to mean more when we book them. Sure. Um, so I'm going to, I would get rid of uh, 205 Live. Yeah. That, we, should, that should just be a part of NXT straight. Well, just, it could be part of NXT. It could be part of Raw or whatever, but just it's just a match. They're just another set of matches. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, oh, that's what they're doing. The cruiserweights cruiser on yeah. NXT now, right? Yeah. Isn't that where the title is? Yeah. Just keep them there. Just, just do your thing. Just, just. Whatever. Um, and I'd give guys more time off. Or bring back Gilbert. Just let him hold it for... 100%. All the time. <laughs> um, I would give guys more time in between stuff. Like, I'm going to use Randy Orton for six months. Yes. And I'm going to give him, like, two months off. Nobody's going to see him again. Yes. We need to have breaks that aren't just because of injuries. Yeah. Like, they they need to have uh, an off-season. Not, not everybody at once, but, like, everybody needs... It's like, it's like kind of like with... Uh, with pastors, you know, at churches. Yeah. Sunday can't be your Sabbath because yeah. you're working all day. You need to find a Sabbath some other time of the week. Some other time. Most people can take it on Sunday. You take it over here. Everybody gets a Sabbath. That's what it needs here. Everyone Everybody needs their vacation. And that's how I'll guaranteed. present it. I'll be like, uh, Randy Orton needs to take a Sabbath. <laughs> a Sabbathical. A Sabbathical. Um, yeah. I also <clears throat> want to bring back legitimacy to like, the money in the bank. Yeah. Like, hold on to that for like a really long time. Like, every time somebody wins, my first thought is, take them off TV. Don't put them back on mm-hmm. for a really, really, really long time. Make it a big surprise. And so it's like, you know, you know, you had a... Uh, like Seth Rollins won the Money in the Bank. Oh, he held on to that one. for like nine months. That was the best. He cashed one. it on at WrestleMania. Like, make this something. That was that same WrestleMania with the really long ramp. 
Uh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Was it? Well, they may have had a really long ramp. Oh, you're right. They're all in football. When they're in football fields, they just get they got to. They do all look that same. Yeah, I take Um, that back. You're right. It wasn't. The really long ramp was thirty four. Might have been thirty two. Years just pass so fast these days. (laughs) They're just. just, (laughs) It's all blending together. It's all. It's all one thing. Um, No, that was the WrestleMania, where the Undertaker caught on fire. (laughs) The one with Seth Rollins. Did he catch on fire? Pretty sure. Yeah, his pyro came out, and he was, like, in it still, and he caught on fire, and the camera, like, zoomed back and, like, didn't have him in the screen anymore. You yeah. saw that. <laughs> and, like, the commentators just went silent. Yeah. And then, okay, he's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> this is bad. That was, like, the second time he's caught on fire, too, coming into a pay-per-view. Yeah. Caught on fire once, going into a uh, elimination chamber match. Yeah. His entire front was a second-degree burn, and he had to just sit there and get raked across the gate and all that. (laughs) That's harrowing. I can't have that. Well, we think that if we ran uh, the WWE... Y'all probably still hate it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I, I have no qualms about saying I would not be any better. <laughs> wrestling fans really just love hating wrestling. Sure. It's, it's All of us have something we'd love to see, and it would anger 90% of other yeah, people. Yeah, and it's just everybody gets so mad about literally everything. Um, you know, CM Punk came out with a really good idea for uh, for Retribution. Before they kind of like come out to who they were, because CM Punk said, you know, make them the grandchildren of all of the former promoters that Vince McMahon put out of business oh, right. after his dad went around and said, I'm not going to put you out of business. And a bunch of people went, no, that would suck. Oh, that's stupid. And CM Punk's like, you guys can't handle long form storytelling. Right, that's a gig- that's the longest form storytelling possible. Like, <laughs> like you know, he's he's like, you know, make it make Vergnani's grandkid leading up the whole thing and like that's amazing that'd be perfect yeah um but instead we've got mustafa ali and you know (laughs) i don't hate it i'm i'm starting to like it more yeah um but at the same time and i think it's only because we have the roman reigns storyline going on over on smackdown is that like when i saw mustafa yelling at the girl I still forgot her name. What's her name again? Uh, Mia Mia Kim. <laughs> Mia Kim for losing that match, saying, we don't lose in retribution. I'm like, you look so tiny. And I just, it's not, it's not the anger I need after seeing Roman Reigns just emotionally destroy his cousin every <laughs> single week. <laughs> we don't yeah. lose in retribution. <laughs> it's like a little angry mouse. I think that I, I mean, and what would have been what would have been great there is like, if Ali was like, "All right, you know what's got to happen now," and the other dudes from Retribution just started stomping on her. I see that. I mean, I mean, and then like the next week she comes back and she's like, "Well, I lost," and that I deserve the rules. Those are the rules. Like that would be great. Um, so you know, I said last time that, uh, for the longest time, I thought that Mansoor and Mustafa Ali were the same person. Mm -hmm. So I was watching a video, uh, of WWE's The Bump, um, and Charlie Caruso kind of, kind of heads up that whole thing. And they were doing, 
like they had this guy in a mask and had his voice changed and they were trying to figure out who it was. And the video was them revealing who it was. Like he finally revealed who he was and he had like a luchador mask on and like all this big stuff and he takes it off and it's Mansoor. But Charlie Caruso goes, oh, it's Mansoor. <laughs> Mansoor. And I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one that thinks they look a lot alike. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but um, I think, and I think Ali's problem is he's next to other guys that are more jacked than he is. Mm-hmm. Like when he's standing on his own, you're like, oh, he's a pretty big dude. Yeah. But like, but you know, he's got like the Shawn Michaels thing. Like Shawn Michaels is six feet tall. <laughs> Shawn is Michaels, really? Shawn Michaels was. Gosh, yeah, he looks so scrawny yeah. compared to everybody Shawn else. Shawn Michaels always says like when he was when he was living in Texas, he was like the biggest dude on his football team. <laughs> and then but he then went you to put be, him like next the smallest to guy. Triple H and Kevin yeah. Nash and Scott Hall, and they're like, well, that's why they that's why they had to get X Pac. Is X Pac yeah. giant too? Xbox probably is. But they just keep putting him with Kane, and so you just never notice. (laughs) We're hiding how big you are. That's fantastic. Well, uh, I think that we do a good job. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go out and start my own promotion, mostly because I don't have the money to. Um, But I think we could do it. Just you and me in the backyard every week. Long form storytelling. That's how things get started. That's how these things get started. Um, you know, we figure it out. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, let us know your ideas. Hit us up at two words LTN uh, on everywhere. Twitter or Facebook, everywhere. And uh, let us know if you think our ideas are great. Let us know if you think they suck. Let us know what you would do if you became the new lead writer for the WWE. Uh, and we'll Essentially just talk to us. We're so lonely. Yeah, just just talk to us. <laughs> Oh, no, we're not going to break. We're going to book uh, Survivor or TLC. Oh, we're already almost an hour in. Oh, are we? <laughs> then let's not. Okay. I'll just throw it. I'll just throw it away. If we have time kind of towards the end, we have a little extra time, we'll, we'll talk about it. Sure. Uh, are we I mean, still recording? Matches. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't sign out, so we're still oh, recording. Oh, I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> We'll throw it in. For, the end, for Matt Coker, I'm John Berkey. <laughs> no, we don't got to end. We're still gonna... <laughs> uh, we'll be back. We'll be back. I can keep it. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai. And this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. Going to be talking about a character reveal from Mandalorian Chapter 13, so if you're not about that life, you might want to dip away for about 2 minutes and 40 seconds. Starting in 3, 2, 1, Ahsoka freaking Tano was on this week's episode of Mandalorian. The fan favorite character appeared in live action for the first time. For those who are longtime Star Wars fans but have only seen live action versions of Star Wars, meaning they've never seen the cartoons or anything, the only time they would have even heard Ahsoka would have been in Rise of Skywalker when she was one of the voices telling Rey to rise up. But the reality is for those who have watched the cartoons like Clone Wars and Rebels, Ahsoka is a beloved character and the longtime Padawan 
of none other than Anakin Skywalker. But she's one of the greatest female Jedi to ever exist. And so it was so nice to see her in the flesh. The reality is, though, to a lot of people, she just became real when she actually appeared in physical form on The Mandalorian. You know, some people just think about the animated series and things like that and think, well, they're not real characters until they show up in the flesh. And, you know, I don't agree with that. That's that's not my philosophy or my mind. But to some people, things aren't real until you actually put flesh to them, until you put action to them. And the reality is that may not be true for Ahsoka, but that really is true for us and how we live out our faith. In 1 John 3.18, we see this. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. When we actually put real flesh and action to what we believe, people consider it more real. Ahsoka has had more screen time as a voice acted animated character than Darth Vader has on any platform. Yet to some people she wasn't real till Rosario Dawson stepped out of the shadows. For some people, our faith will never be real until we actually put action to it. And that's what the gospel calls us to do. Not just be believers and Christians in word, but in action. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Road Morning Show, only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about what Faith and Fandom does, head over to facebook.com slash faithandfandom, where you can learn more about our podcasts, Comic-Con ministry, memes, and our book series that has seven volumes out with more on the way. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. What up, nerd? We hope you're enjoying the podcast. But did you know that Love Thy Nerd showcases most of their content on LTN Radio First? That's right. Check the schedule and listen to most of our shows before they're available here over at LTNOnAir.com. While you're streaming, you'll also hear the best mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, and even some content made exclusively for our radio listeners. Stream directly from LTNOnAir.com or download the Live 365 app and favorite LTN Radio. And let us become your new daily soundtrack. You'll be glad you did. And today we are going to be talking about the holiday madness. You know, it's time for Christmas. We know the holidays are sneaking up on you. Hopefully you got all your shopping done. Um, And if you haven't, I mean, you still got another two weeks. So like me, I mean, you might be shopping very last minute. That's okay. (laughs) Just remember, Amazon's been running a little late this year. So give give yourself some time when you're ordering them (laughs) gifts. Uh, But WWE's always kind of had like a weird relationship with holidays. They always kind of seem to want to do like gimmicky stuff Mm -hmm. for every holiday. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about our favorite uh, holiday related gimmick. Can do. What do you got, Matt? Can I talk about the one I hate the most first? Please. My least favorite one is the one they do every year. And I think this is the first year in... 
20 years that I can remember that they haven't done it. Okay. Or at least in the entire... How long, how long has SmackDown been on? About 20 years. About 20 years? Okay. I think this is the first time, first SmackDown year ever, that they didn't do a Thanksgiving food fight the week <laughs> of Thanksgiving. I hate it. Every single year, it makes me want to throw up. <laughs> it is so gross. <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> um... And I remember they like turned it into a actual storyline last year or the year before with Kevin Owens that someone hit him in the face with a pie and that became a thing. <laughs> Who was the pyre? It goes back to that writing, man. We are we are reaching. But anyway, I was very happy they didn't do that. I hate that. I hate that yeah. gimmick. I usually well, avoid the Thanksgiving episode. And they always do like holiday street fights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where they wrap always... a, kin- a kendo stick up and <laughs> like a candy cane. Exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, they, they put, um, they put a pumpkin on top of Luke Gallows's head one time. Like, <laughs> like getting hit over the head with a pumpkin, a jack-o'-lantern, not just yeah. a pumpkin, but a hollowed out jack-o'-lantern. That's really not going to hurt all that much. And Michael Cole always has to pretend like it's, it's going to be this amazing, <laughs> it's this really hardcore match. And he has to say like... A miracle on 34th Street fight. (laughs) Like, that's what they're called. They're dumb. Oh, gosh. Uh, I like it when they have Santa uh, involved. Oh, yeah. Mick Foley was Santa once, right? Yeah, well, Mick Foley is Santa. But, I mean, in a match. Yeah, he He was was Santa. Santa. He's been Santa a couple times. With John Cena. I think he tagged with John Cena once as Santa. But, but they also did Good Santa versus Bad Santa. That's right. Where Mark Henry was the good Santa and Damian Sandow was the bad Santa. Uh, and I think that was important that they made Mark Henry the good Santa because I don't think that you could get away with having a black Santa on TV and calling him evil. Right. It's like, this is bad. the evil Santa, kids. That would be a... That would be an unwoke moment. That's a very unwoke uh, moment. Um, <laughs> but also remember Santa Claus. Santa with the X. Santa Claus. Right, yeah. Santa Claus. He was, uh, he was like St. Nick's evil stepbrother. Yeah. Um, but he was like a wrestler. Like he was a character for a while, was, wasn't he? He was Balls Mahoney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were for, the same for a, guy. For a little while, though. Like they, it wasn't just a one-off gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. He, they, 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 they brought him back for a while. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was there for a while. Um, I know Stone Cold uh, gave the stunner to Santa once, and then I think the next year Stone Cold was Santa, pretending to be Santa in the ring, and nobody knew it, and then he was able to stun Vince that way, which was fun. (laughs) Um, And there was the one year where Ted DiBiase came out. I don't remember who was... There was a wrestler. Oh, I don't remember who it was. There was a wrestler in the ring. This was a long time ago, before Attitude Era. Wrestler in the ring with Santa, taking stuff out of Santa's bag, throwing them into the crowd and all this kind of stuff. And Million Dollar Man came down and said, you know, everybody has a price and wanted to buy off the wrestler. And the wrestler said, no way. But then Santa Claus attacked the wrestler with the bag. And so Ted DiBiase bought off Santa Claus. It's just, and that, <laughs> they always have fun things. These are always like, trying to turn Santa into an evil human being. <laughs> What's wrong with you, WWE? Um, the gobbledygooker? 
I guess that's technically was a, a thanks- Thanksgiving. Was a Thanksgiving thing. thing? They they yeah. they they hatched him right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just such a terrible idea. How can the Undertaker and the Gobbledygooker both come from the same company on the same night? And they did. <laughs> and. And when they did, like, the Survivor Series Farewell to Undertaker, they also brought the Gobbledygooker back. It's like, the Gobbledygooker's been around for 30 years. Make him the 24-7 champion. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. That totally did happen, didn't it? Yep. Oh, and then, my like, God. they had him, like, like in a, in a, in a bunch of bird seed. <laughs> um, uh, big show as the New Year's baby. That's oh, a, that did happen. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's, a, that's an image we can't unsee. That's not something you just don't. See you again. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, this is a story about me and uh, Bubba from Free Play at Love Thy Nerd here. Shout out to Free Play. And, and our buddy Corey, who we call Corn Dog. Uh, we all. Was it because he ate lots of corn dogs? N- no. I don't really know why he was called that. Why is everybody who's <laughs> got a name that starts with C O R immediately corn something? Corn something. <laughs> I have no idea. Like we knew this kid when we were little league. They called him Cornbread. His name was Corbin. But there was a there was a time where we were recording everything, like with a video camera that we did. You know, every I mean, weird it was the early two thousands, including a lot of including a lot of wrestling stuff. Yeah, like in this church. In fact, near this very spot where you and I are recording, <laughs> uh, I power slammed Bubba. Through two folding chairs set up facing each other with a beanbag underneath. And he could not breathe for a solid three minutes. Well, Bubba's a very tiny person. <laughs> yes. But anyway. Like, Bubba's not a big adult. He was not a big teenager. <laughs> I also couldn't breathe because I was laughing so hard. Because he's just like his leg just keeps coming up just straight in the air curling. And he's going. Gah! Gah! <laughs> Anyway, anyway, we um, we did a thing called the Big Baby Show once, <laughs> where we dressed in adult diapers, <laughs> and that's what it reminded me of when I saw that. Because <laughs> Corn Dog and I both were very big gentlemen even back then, and uh, yeah, just a big old husky guy in a diaper. That's what it is. <laughs> Saying Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Um, one unknown thing, I don't want to pull up a picture for you, Matt, because okay. you just have to see the picture, and, and folks at home, you can Google it, uh, the Christmas creature. The Christmas creature. The Christmas creature. The Christmas creature uh, was... Uh, Please was, don't be like a boogeyman dressed as Santa Claus. It's not... It's worse. <laughs> oh, no. It's worse. So this boogeyman is the Christmas is my creature. Least favorite thing. Um... This is the Christmas creature. He's, a, he's, he's green. He's got a bunch of tinsel. Oh. Uh, he's got candy cane arms. He looks like an evil Christmas tree. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's Cain. Why? That's Glenn Jacobs. On. That was before. That was pre-Isaac Yankum. That was, oh. Was it pre-Fake uh, Diesel? Uh, I probably. <laughs> they were just using him. Oh, there's any. an action figure. There's a Somebody made a custom-made action figure of him. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Awful. This is worse than Oz. <laughs> Kevin, when Kevin Nash was Oz, man, that was the worst thing. <laughs> uh, all right, so some of my favorite ones are actually Halloween-ish themed. Those are really the ones that work, though. Those are the ones that work. The Halloween Havoc, Halloween Havoc this year with uh, 
They brought it back with NXT. Beautiful. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it immensely. Loved it in WCW. But with WWE, the ones that they really had that it doesn't always happen around Halloween. It often does, but it doesn't always are like the buried alive and the casket matches. Okay, yeah. And they build those up usually around the Halloween time. It's usually in October or early November. Uh, sometimes, though, it's just throughout the year. But I like, I remember almost every single one of them that I've ever seen. They're that memorable, they're that fun. Uh, Undertaker, of course, is almost in every single one of them. Uh, I think Kane led the charge in a few, and uh, there was one awful one that was Midian and Viscera versus Triple H. Oh. <laughs> no one wanted is, to see that. That is so much. <laughs> That is so much human being. Midian. Midian. When he, yeah. Well, Visser, of course. But Midian was in that phase where he was just wearing like a fanny pack uh, and nothing else. Uh, <laughs> that's so much peep. That's so much person. Yeah. Uh, but the, the first one that I remember was the Undertaker versus Stone Cold one where Stone Cold actually won, like buried Undertaker alive. Yeah. And that was just fun on a bun like it was it was the coolest thing i think i'd seen up to that point uh 1998 uh, as when that happened and yeah. then the next one was uh undertaker and big show versus the rock and sock connection which i don't remember and i need to find yeah because that find sounds like a really fun buried alive match but of course the last buried alive match was the boneyard match with yeah. aj styles which was also very fun um, but the casket match itself, though, was the the big draw. And, like, there's always, like, a kind of casket match idea around Halloween with The Undertaker. That was, like, his big match for a long, long time. Yeah. And just who could throw you in a casket first and shut the lid? It's a I very mean, simple thing. Yeah. But they always made it. It wasn't like the problem I have, like, with ladder matches is that you have to suspend your disbelief when they're climbing up the ladder. It's like, wow, yeah. why is it taking you a solid three minutes to climb <laughs> seven rungs? I've climbed so many ladders. <laughs> so much quicker. But with the the casket match, it's like it's hard to keep a person in a casket to yeah. where they can't put their arm out. And so you really have to like just beat the living snot out of the other person. Always makes for a very, very entertaining thing. Yeah. And then sometimes it gets set on fire. And then that's always fun. I mean, <laughs> I remember one time, I think it got set on fire. Undertaker was in it. I think Kane won that one uh, or something, something along those lines. But anyway, it got set on fire, and then Undertaker was gone for a long time. Yeah. And then months later, Casket appears on stage. Lightning Bolt hits the Casket. Undertaker pops out of the Casket. That was a dope moment. That was him and Randy Orton. It was Randy Orton. You're yeah. right. They just they just did like a chronicle on that or right. something. It was just it was beautiful. Yeah. Um so my last and most favorite WWE holiday gimmick, it might not have actually been a WWE thing, but it involves a wrestler and it involves Christmas. And it is a gem that I found on Spike TV. Spike TV. Yes, at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and it is a movie. Called Santa's Sleigh, <laughs> spelled S L A Y, and it stars 
Well, I won't tell you who it starts. Let's just just let's just go through this movie. The movie introduces uh, the 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 tale of Santa, but instead of him being this joyful fat man that makes toys, uh, he, Santa was the son of Satan. Um, which feels like somebody religious, somebody like overly religious was like, you know what, Sa- you know what Santa should be Satan. Cause they're basically the same word. Um, <laughs> and Santa was challenged, uh, by an angel. And if the angel won this, this, this challenge, then Santa had to spend a thousand years, um, doing good and giving presents to children and being, the normal Santa Claus that we knew. The challenge was a curling match. Curling? Curling. They, <laughs> Could they this is a, this is a, again, a let's remind, dumber. let's remind everybody. I saw this on Spike TV <laughs> at one o'clock in the morning. Um, and so this, this movie picks up the day after the thousand years is up <laughs> and Santa comes back with a vengeance played by, by none other than world heavyweight champion, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> and Santa is running around murdering people like <laughs> straight up death. Like people's heads get blown off and he's always giving these like one-liner gimmicks. They are so they are so awful. I feel like you should pull up the <laughs> I'm going to trim the tree with your brains. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um so so look up the trailer for that. Um the best the best part of the whole film is Santa kind of comes out as Bill Goldberg and he's terrorizing people and he, he comes runs. wait, Santa comes out as Bill Goldberg? Well now Bill Goldberg, I guess. Because <laughs> that would be a Santa. movie I'd pay to see as well. Yeah. <laughs> Santa is Bill Goldberg. Um Santa comes out and starts terrorizing people and he runs into this deli a Jewish deli and is going to kill this guy. But the guy is wearing a menorah necklace. So the sun hits the necklace and it shines onto Santa. And since Santa is a demon, religious relics start to burn his face. And that's a thing they did. They burned him with a menorah. Wow. And it was, it is (laughs) the movie you're thinking of. Is exactly what it is. It's not even kind of not the same thing. Do you do you, have you? When was the last time you watched Ernest Saves Christmas? Uh, it's been a while. In Ernest Saves Christmas, the person that the Santa that's on his way out is trying to replace with the new Santa is an actor who is being pushed to film a Christmas horror movie called Santa's <laughs> Sleigh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I'm like, this is the movie they were gonna film. This is the movie they were gonna. That film. He walked out on to be the real Santa. <laughs> Jokes this on is, you. This is why. I mean, I'm That's looking. I'm was... looking at images like of him and his his getup, and I like. He looks like some like straight up Norse mythology Santa character here. With... So somebody uh, on the Love That Nerd community page came out and asked what uh, if people were excited about the R-rated Mel Gibson Santa film. I am and, also very excited. And I, I, well, and I hadn't seen anything, so I just said, 
unless it is a shot for shot remake of Santa's sleigh starring Bill Goldberg, <laughs> I don't want any part of it. And that's exactly what it looks like. It's going to be close. To, well, no, I mean, nah, nah, it's a you're different, getting, you're getting a different Santa story. Murdering people. That's, Santa's still a good guy. He's just, uh, so if, it's like, if an, you can, it's like anti-hero Santa. If you can find it, uh, you, you need you need to see it. Um, this is the second time I think Goldberg played Santa. The first time being in Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was the one that like like Arnold Schwarzenegger stumbles upon this like ring of Santas. That wasn't Goldberg. That wasn't Goldberg. That was Big Show. Big Show was the wrestler that was a Santa. Oh, okay. They said, I'm going to deck your halls. Yeah, I'm going like, to deck your halls, bub. <laughs> Slaps his suspenders was, on his flesh. That was another awful moment. <laughs> <laughs> little buddy. Yeah. <laughs> when the little guy got punched. Yeah. That was funny. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, Big Show Santa punched a midget Santa. Yeah. By accident. So, I mean, that's just, you just can't beat that. No. 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 <laughs> he, oh, okay, hold on. There's a tagline. He's making a list. Pray you're not on it. <laughs> yes. I love it. The DVD on Amazon costs 60 bucks. <laughs> no, it doesn't. $58.50. <laughs> the used copy is $30. <laughs> It's probably worth every penny, though. I'm telling you. Santa's spreading holiday fear this year. <laughs> I want to read the synopsis. Hold on. Turns out that Santa Claus, WWE superstar Bill Goldberg, is not really the sweet old fellow that we, we all know and love. In fact, he's a devil. And the only thing that's kept his bad side in check was the bet he lost with an angel. After a thousand years of playing nice, the bet is up and Santa's about to open up a can of holiday whoop booty. Brace yourself for one bad Santa bent on spreading holiday fear. Ooh, plenty of special features involving... Ooh, there's a blooper reel in this movie. <laughs> there better be. <laughs> wow, this is just... This is glorious. <laughs> it really was. Um, <laughs> Had nothing to do with WWE. WWE I think, not produced I think like, Lionsgate I, produced. Yeah. Well, I think I was like 14. I was like, oh... <laughs> Oh, I'll watch this for a second. I watched every minute. Wow. It was glorious. It was wow. great. Yeah. It was great. Okay. So, um, this is a Brett Ratner film. <laughs> Brett Ratner film? <laughs> what? No. Brett Ratner and Media Aid Entertainment present <laughs> Santa Slay. Okay. I feel like I have to watch it. I feel like I have to watch it. <laughs> hey. Uh,. <laughs> you did Rush Hour, right? Yeah, yeah, I did Rush Hour. You did uh, X-Men, right? Yeah, I did X-Men. Do anything else we might have seen? Uh, did Santa Slay? <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't put that, like, first on his... Yeah, that can't be top billing for his... Uh... All right, goodness gracious. That's too much. That's too much. Um, just happy holidays, folks. Like, this. We at, at the very least they're trying to to give you some joy and cheer in this Frankenstein of a year. We're gonna make this happen. We're gonna make it work. Um, hey, real quick, you want to do TLC predictions? We'll just do a quick one because I got some, a, got a list of matches. Give me a list of matches. <clears throat> All right, so we got a uh, Raw Tag Team Championship: New Day versus Hurt Business in a ladder match. 
I'd watch that. I bet it's going to be fun. Are these uh, confirmed matches? It seems to be. They've already got confirmed matches. Wow. Yeah. Um, I would like I would like Hurt Business to win. Yeah, I don't need New Day to be champions anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've had like, their they've had their seventeen runs. Yeah, <laughs> women's tag team championship: Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus uh, Asuka and Lana in a tables match of all things. Which has somebody to be, was listening has to be right. Uh, yeah. I would love for this to actually Asuka and Lana win. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, they have to. It was even if they don't win the titles, they have to win the match. Yeah. Like, um, something. Yeah. What I, I always remember, uh, there was an extreme rules where big show and Cody Rhodes were doing the intercontinental title and they did like the, the fake wheel of mm-hmm. wheel of doom or whatever. And they got a tables match and big show was like, yeah, good luck getting me through a table, bud. <laughs> and like, he slips off the ring and goes through a table. Right, like, like that was the end it. of, yeah, yeah, that was like the end of the day. <laughs> I remember that. So that's 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 there's a possibility there. All right, we got Daniel Bryan versus Jay Uso. Why? Because uh, that's one of the people that he's been targeting to get respect. But Daniel Bryan needs to be doing the Intercontinental Championship. He's been razzing same true, same. true. But apparently that's not happening. Well, I mean, it all could change. Who knows? This is just how it's set up right now. Bray Wyatt, just Bray versus Randy Orton. It appears not Fiend. But Bray, they need to come up with like a body double for Bray Wyatt, so that the fiend could come out mm-hmm. at the same time. I agree. That'd be great. I agree. More into the writing, but um, yeah, I can, like this is how they typically do it to extend the feud. Another pay per view. Yeah, let's yeah. do Bray first, then let's have him Bray, lose, then, we'll do the thing. then have the fiend come. Um, yeah, and I mean, this is even calling back to when they did the WWE ch- title at thirty. Uh, at, 32, 33, because um, Bray Wyatt and uh, Randy Orton wrestled there for like yeah, the yeah, yeah. championship. Yeah, you're right. So that's pretty fun. Um, I think it'll be fun. I think Bray's going to lose. Yeah, 100%. Um, of course. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Riddle for the United States Championship is what's two, being. Two MMA guys yeah. getting in the ring. That's really what they should, they should bill it as is like mm-hmm. these two MMA dudes are – you know, whatever. Um, Riddle's fun to watch. I'm I'm getting more into Riddle. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's I mean he's 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 legit in the ring too. I mean it's it's good it's good stuff. He's he's kind of a, the bro version of Orange Cassidy lately. He's just really except the kicky version. Yeah, <laughs> kicking very kicky. Uh, Universal Championship. Roman Reigns versus KO. I love I mean, that idea. Reigns is going to win, but I bet it's going to be a killer match. I think it'll be a really good match. I have no idea what TLC it will be. Yeah. Uh, most of these, I don't think, have been confirmed as to what the match is going to be. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that as a like a TLC match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, full on. Yeah. And then I think the only other one, well, I guess those are all predictions, technically. Those are what is being set up, it seems like. Okay. Uh, the only one that's like an official, this is what's happening, is Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles, which it'll be a, it'll be a good workhorse match. It'll be match. a great match, yeah. It'll uh, be a fantastic match. I don't really care about it when it comes to story. Yeah. AJ Styles is funny right now with the, the big dude. Yeah. Uh, the big dude's funnier than AJ Styles is. The big dude's great. <laughs> 
I really like how they have to back the camera way out so they can get so, everybody in frame. <laughs> so much bigger. Yeah, AJ Styles and Matt Riddle taking up the lower fourth corner of the screen. <laughs> just the ratios so they, thing. Just so they can the get everybody problem. in. problem. <laughs> that really makes AJ Styles look tiny. That'll be a really good match. Yeah, it'll be it'll be yeah. a it'll be a entertaining match, but there doesn't just there just really doesn't feel like there's much on the line. No, they're not going to give AJ Styles the title no. off of Drew. No, right now. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's what we got. Okay, it'll I be mean, an, it'll be an interesting yeah. pay per view. Good I'll good way to end I'll the watch, year, I bet. I'll eat some pizza rolls. <laughs> all right, that's all we got all right. there. All right, well, uh, we're we're glad you've been enjoying. The podcast so far. We hope you've been enjoying the podcast so far. We are taking uh, a week off, kind of with everybody else in the uh, Love Thy Nerd network of podcasts. But we're going to be back, uh, I think, like we talked about the first Friday in, of the new year, didn't we? Uh, probably. Probably, I mean, I yeah, just which I think it, is the so. first. <laughs> which I think it's the first, uh, first of the year, like January yeah. 1st. Yeah. Uh, do, do, are we, are we, are we going to do the... Are we going to do the thing with the chips? Are we going to do the one chip oh, challenge 100% thing? We're doing, oh, I'm, I've Ugh. been wanting to do that. We've been sitting this on whole time. Yeah, sitting on some so, one chip challenge. Yeah, uh, so if you if you're a, a if you're a listener to all things uh LTN radio and Love Thy Nerd network of podcasts, um everybody's been doing the one chip challenge. Yeah, Free Play did it this past Wednesday. Uh Mo and I on the morning show are actually going to do it for Christmas. So okay. I'm already going to have a bit of knowledge of how this feels. Yeah. But you and I are actually going to be doing a challenge within the challenge. Yeah, and that's going to be – I which, think we have a fun challenge. Which we won't, we won't elaborate, um, but – It's going to be fun. So we got the one-chip challenge coming. Um, we're going to hit you with more uh, – we've been working on our wrestling impressions – uh, reading, <laughs> reading the Bible and doing promos like that. Um, we have a belt – we have a title belt, we guys. Have a title belt. We teased it on our social media this past week, but we'll we'll do first, a full reveal. First of the year, we're going to do a very fun full <laughs> reveal. Um, it's beautiful. It's it's going to be the best. Um, and so, but you want to make sure that you're going to catch all of that. So what you do is you go to Spotify, you go to Apple Podcast, um, you go to Google Play. It's not a thing anymore. It's now Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Amazon Podcasts also. New thing. Wherever you're going to listen to podcasts, <laughs> just go there, hit subscribe. They'll tell you immediately when we release episodes. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, leave a leave a five-star review when you can. <laughs> Give a little review. Say how much you love uh, John and Matt and you, you need more of us. <laughs> um, uh, but seriously, if you would do that, that would be um, so insanely helpful to us, so great for us, and we would be unbelievably gracious. Yeah. Um, so, And our show does come out on Saturdays every two weeks. Uh, like I said, we're taking the next two-week portion off, so you won't hear us again for another month, but we will be back January. But our show airs on LTN Radio first on Friday nights. So you catch us there, get a little preemptive stuff right before smackdown usually so kind of get in the mood for smackdown and uh 
then we get to like lead you in to your weekend. We're hoping, we're hoping uh, we're it's we've got some really huge plans for us. So um, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Amazon Podcast, um, and Facebook, anywhere, Twitter, Instagram. pretty much anywhere. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at two words LTN. Um, you should also just go follow at Love Thy Nerd. Um, as well to get all of their content um, and be sure to check out uh, everything that love thy nerd has to offer at love thy nerd.com um, there's amazing articles on anything you could possibly imagine that's nerdy um, as well as this show other shows ltn radio um, podcast videos um, and if you uh, were so inclined to support our mission directly become a financial partner of love thy nerd or even LTN radio specifically. Uh, please visit love thy slash give love. Thy nerd is a qualifying 501 C three nonprofit organization. And your gift is tax deductible, which, uh, is, is, is great because taxation is theft. Hot take. <laughs> and don't forget that you can select love thy nerd as your charity of choice at smile.amazon.com. And that's a big thing right now this year at this time of year, because you're buying everything on Amazon. Anyway, it doesn't cost you anything to just type smile right before amazon.com and LTN love thy nerd and LTN radio gets a little, little kickback, little, little kickback, tiny little cash, bit, little cash. At no, it's not a lot. <laughs> at no cash. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but it's a little bit. It's a few cents. But if everybody does it. A few cents a purchase, um, pretty much. And it doesn't come off of your, your bottom dollar. It doesn't come off of your end. So, um, uh, But we would love you, and uh, we would love that. We love We'd you. love you. We do. <laughs> I love you. Matt loves you. I know Matt is an introvert. He has a hard time expressing that, but we love you. <laughs> um, and we love that you love this podcast. Um, and so for Matt Coker, I'm John. And for John Berkey, I'm also John. <laughs> for John Berkey, he's Matt. And if you're not down with me... I feel like this was a script that you meant to set up with me. And, you and I was supposed it's to a, say It something. was a community reference that I was hoping you'd just get. Like, oh, it was, spot. wasn't it? Yeah. Or it was, that, was that signing out from the uh, Troy and Aubin in the morning or something? Yeah, it was... Uh, they were doing like the presidential race and they had like eight hours to pick a school president. Um, anyway, well, let's try it. Let's try it again. Let's just okay, pretend, let's just it, pretend it it's the first time. All right. Well, I love you. Matt loves you. We love, we just have so much love to give. Um, and until we get back for Matt Coker, I'm John Berkey. And for John Berkey, I'm Matt Coker. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Uh, Matt and John here one more time throughout the week. We posted earlier this week that because of our recording schedule, we generally don't get to watch AEW or Friday Night SmackDown. Um, and a lot has happened actually since the, since we recorded the podcast. You may have just listened to on LTN Radio where every we other Friday night. Where we complained that there had not been a lot of wrestling news. And then 24 hours later... Like it was, it was, it was 24 hours later that um, Pat Patterson, Pat passed, Patterson away. passed away. Uh, 
Who's the guy? Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega. won the AEW World Title. And is apparently going to be on Impact. And, um, uh, Sting! <laughs> Sting came back after we said there was no news. Sting Literally came back. One of the biggest pieces of news that could possibly happen <laughs> in wrestling occurred less than 24 hours from our recording. I, uh, yeah, I can't even begin to believe why they would do this to me. But uh, we just wanted to kind of give our basic reactions. So um, not really a reaction to Pat Patterson passing away other than first Intercontinental Champion, um, created the Royal Rumble, um, and, and I mean just innovated, pretty much was one of the reasons we have the Intercontinental title, and with the Intercontinental title, really why we have The Miz. <laughs> Good. Good I mean, connection. really, because yes. if, 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 if we don't have the Intercontinental title, we can't have why, why? the greatest Intercontinental champion of all yeah, time. Why would the Miz even exist? Exactly. Uh, my, my, my first um, exposure to Pat Patterson, of course, was through, you know, Vince as Vince's lackey with Gerald Briscoe, Patterson and Briscoe, which is my favorite. And, and this was probably before you started watching. Oh, this is definitely before I yeah, started watching because yeah. they were largely responsible for a lot of the booking during the Attitude Era. Yeah, and so, they were they were often even occasionally a tag team, uh, as you know, old as lackeys old for Vince. Dudes. Uh, so very Cause funny because he's been seventy guys. since yeah, yeah. since early two thousand. Well, even yeah, even the <laughs> even the photo that that uh, they posted the in memoriam of him in his wrestling gear, he still looked. Late fifties, but yeah. Um, but so you know, really entertaining guy. Again, you know, we we gotta say thank you, Pat Patterson, um, for for everything that you did, for everything that you created for this major major thing that uh, would not be what it was without him. Um, next up, uh, Kenny Omega wins the AEW World Championship, which is news unto itself. Um, taking out John Moxley, which is, I mean, it's a great program that they've put together. Um, two fan, phenomenal wrestlers. It was a great match. But then immediately after leaving, uh, him and his manager Don Callis leave the ring. They run out of the stadium or out of the stadium. They get into a car, and someone catches up to him. And is like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "I'll tell you next Tuesday on Impact." So. So. We have to sit through an entire episode of Impact, is what they're no, saying. You're going to sit through an entire Impact. <laughs> I'm going to catch YouTube afterwards. <laughs> I'm going to sit through a clip. I don't even know Impact. if I have Access TV. Yeah. Like, I'm on, I'm on that Hulu Live millennial cut the cord business. I don't even know if I can watch it, but um, we'll, yeah, I'll we'll try and it. watch it. We'll um, this could be a really, really great draw for impact um oh absolutely this is going to be the highest rated impact in best ever, thing ever maybe i forgot that um like who all ever was in impact when it was a six-sided ring i forgot that macho man was in impact mm -hmm. i forgot that kevin nash and scott hall were in impact mm -hmm. a lot of people i mean this was that was a that was the place somehow it failed yeah i mean <laughs> Sting. Sting was an impact yeah. for a long time. He was Joker Sting then. I feel like had a I, great run. I feel like that should be the name of uh, Vince Russo's book. Somehow I failed. <laughs> the Vince Russo story. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think it'd be great because you. I mean, it's just the beginning. I'm assuming of all of these phenomenal crossovers. You can have 
all of your best talent from Impact, as this it is, going over to AEW, you can have AEW helping out Impact. And really, I feel like this might just be a way to take down the giant of WWE. Yeah. Like, this is just them being like, we're going to create not just one really great wrestling company, we're going to make the other one really awesome too, so that there are three. Who knows? All Maybe. I know is I'm all in for it. I'm, ah, I see what you did there. And speaking of all in for it, Sting is back! And not just back for like cameo business. Signed a multi-year contract. Came out with the bag. With AU. 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 I was pronouncing AEW as. AU. AU Sting. You go and wrestle. I mean, just the, the, the moment of him showing up. And just walking around to the four corners, with staring. With the snow coming down? Yeah, snare, oh. staring into their eyes. The moment with Darby, uh, Darby, Darby Allen. Allen was, I think, the most kind of chill-inducing when, one. When I watched... So he looked at both sides of his face. When I watched the clip, I knew what was happening. And I still was like, oh, <laughs> thing. It really is him. It really is Sting. It's really the baseball bat. First time Sting's been on TNT in 20 years. Yeah. He was the last match that was ever that was ever done in WCW on TNT in 2000, 2000 2001. I think it was 2001. Uh, Somewhere around there. Him and Ric Flair. And then and it he's, was back. he's back home. Uh, yeah, no, no word yet if he's, that we know of, that he's, if he's actually going to be wrestling or if this is some sort of managerial or just an enforcer gimmick like, mugs people with a baseball bat yeah just like you i mean because that was sort of his gimmick when he came to the wwe right he was like he was there to stop people from taking advantage of the system yeah he was like the the he was gonna be. yeah well, really that just happened the one time yeah, yeah. he should have won against triple h at wrestlemania to really streamline that actual reason for being there yeah Anyway, so that, so really, the, and the thing is, is everybody's wondering like, oh, well, he got injured in WWE, so you know he can't wrestle. The thing is, though, is that the WWE handles injuries different than anybody else handles injuries because Daniel Bryan was told within like six months of him like leaving that he could wrestle again, and it was just the WWE deciding they didn't want to put right. him in be, that. Be extra cautious. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I, I get being extra cautious with a neck injury or a back injury. Um, so, but he but, also did like officially retire from wrestling at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And so I still really don't know. And he's sixty. He's sixty-three. Yeah. How old is Undertaker? Uh, fifty-two. Fifty-two, fifty-three, something like that. And Gerald Bresco died at 71, 79. So, so that's where we're at. <laughs> but still, not Gerald Briscoe. Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. Sorry, I put, Sorry that, Jerry. I put that name in your head. Don't don't die. Don't leave me yet, Jerry. I'm not, is he still alive? I don't know. I think he is. <laughs> I, I hope so. so. After this, I hope he is. Um, but anyway, so like I said, we just wanted to kind of catch up. We wanted to give you our thoughts um, as as uninformed and unnecessary as they may be. Uh, we like to we like to talk to you guys. We hope you guys like hearing from us, and we may do this some more occasionally. When occasionally, when we got when we've got to um, this is the emergency broadcast system for two words. Oh hey, I just noticed something. What's up, everybody watching? Right here ooh, is peeking ooh, out. A little something. Our, a little uh, something. 
our 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 lime our, our lime belt. The lime belt. Have, which Ooh. you haven't seen all of it yet, and you still won't. You probably see a couple oh, glimpses as I've moved my head around. But you're not gonna see all of it. I'll show you the uh, the old belt. That's that's the back row belt. That's that's the, that's the one Mo and I go for on the back row morning show. The old back row belt. Same. John's held that a couple times. I have. I held it. It was mine. <laughs> Kevin that's Wellborn cool. was the uh, the premier champion. Wasn't it? Was it Kevin? I don't think. I mean, it was, it was the back. Well, the one that was the back rofie, I guess. Yeah, he was the back rofie champion. First person to wear that, I think, was either Chris or Cipriano. I think it was Chris. Anyway, so that's what it is. This is our this is our our, our humble abode when we're speaking to you. Um, but anyway, we love you guys. We hope you guys are enjoying wrestling just as much as we are. We hope that this TNA. What if Sting like walks into TNA, kind of looks around, and is like, no, I'm nah, gonna, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. And he just walks out. Sees, and sees that was, a poster of him as Joker Sting. He's like, no, nope, thanks, not thanks. doing it, not today. But anyway, so. Uh, that's really all we got. We got to get going. Um, but we love you. We hope you're taking care. And, uh, if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Bye-bye. Two words. <laughs>